Tech Fighter Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 525 for the 8th of January, 2017. This week, if you got a new computer for Christmas or one of the other end-of-year winter solstice holidays, I have a list of free and low-cost applications that are worth thinking about adding. Microsoft thinks about listening to editors' opinions about Word. Might the company be willing to listen to others who want to provide input about operating systems and applications? In short circuits, how much computer can you get for $150 to $250? Well, not a lot, but it might be enough. Despite what Apple CEO Tim Cook said a couple of years ago, the PC, meaning desktop machines, whether they run Windows or the Mac OS, is not dead. Sales increases are on the way. In spare parts, only on the website, as you add more Wi-Fi-enabled devices to every corner of your home, you'll need a Wi-Fi signal that reaches every corner of your home. And an Irish online training center will provide training for Adobe applications and student discounts for Adobe software. Ah, the joys of a new computer. Many manufacturers install lots of junk applications on their computers, and possibly the first order of business should be to get rid of the junk that you don't want and that can slow the computer's operation. I mean, one of the reasons you got a new computer was to have a faster computer, wasn't it? So let's start by finding a way to rid the computer of the crapware, and then let's poke around the Internet and find some useful programs that the manufacturers didn't include. PC Decrapifier is what you need, and it does just what the name suggests. It removes the junk that the manufacturer installed for you. Either Lenovo doesn't install a lot of junk on its ThinkPad series, or I had already removed it. When I ran PC Decrapifier, it found nothing that it recommended removing, nothing that it considers to be even borderline. It also lists a lot of other applications that start with Windows, but there's a strong caution to be careful about what you remove. You might discover later you really wanted it. The PC Decrapifier application doesn't even have to be installed. Just download it and run it. You have the option of paying $5 for it. I recommend doing that, especially if it helps you find and remove junk from your system. You'll find a link to PC Decrapifier on the TechBiter Worldwide website. And that's true of all the applications that I'll talk about here in the next few minutes. You'll find links to all of them on the TechBiter Worldwide website, www.techbiter.com. The next application you'll want is called Nineite. Now that makes you think of getting a good night's sleep, doesn't it? And in many ways, that's exactly what it does. Nineite's primary market is system administrators of large corporations. If you check out the Pro version, you'll find it costs $240 a year for 1 to 100 computers. So just back out of that area, unless you are a system administrator with a lot of computers that you need to keep up to date. The site's main page lists dozens of applications, 
from browsers like Chrome, Opera, and Firefox, to communications tools like Skype and Thunderbird, utilities like ImageBurn and Windurstat, development tools like FileZilla and Notepad++, and lots of others. Your mission is to decide which applications you want to keep up to date, even if you haven't yet installed them. That's right, even if you haven't yet installed them. Just select as many as you want, then click the Download button. After downloading the file, double-click it and sit back while Ninite does several things for you. First, it'll set itself up to run when Windows starts. Second, it'll check all of the programs you've listed for updates, and if any program you selected hasn't yet been installed, Ninite will install it for you, and along the way it will opt out of any bloatware that might tag along with those applications. And third, it'll check your applications every day and let you know which ones need to be updated. When you give it permission, it'll do the updates automatically. Ninite is simply the fastest and easiest way to keep a lot of applications up to date. It isn't the only one, though. There's another application that claims to be able to update even more applications, but I can't recommend it. Secunia PSI, PSI stands for Personal Software Inspector, is the free personal version of Secunia CSI, the Commercial Software Inspector. It tries to check every application on the computer and then install updates automatically or when you request them. But I found several problems when I tested Secunia PSI on a Lenovo ThinkPad running Windows 10. First, it apparently mangled a Java update. As a result of that, none of the LibreOffice applications would run. I had to reinstall LibreOffice. Second, it identified programs that weren't installed as needing updates. It also recommended updates to Chrome and Firefox, and those updates would have installed older versions than the ones I was running. It also told me that I needed to update Adobe Digital Editions to version 4.5. The installed version was already 4.5. You can say I'm not impressed by Secunia PSI, and if you said that, you'd be exactly right. Oh, and speaking of LibreOffice, if you already have Microsoft Office and you don't mind paying $100 a year for it, disregard LibreOffice or the older OpenOffice. On the other hand, if you don't mind paying nothing for a full Office suite that has many, but not all, of the features of Microsoft Office, take a look at LibreOffice. Most of the components are self-explanatory. There's Writer, like Word, Calc, which equates to Excel, Impress, that's PowerPoint, and base, like access. But you might wonder what math and draw are. Math is a specialized editor that allows the user to describe a formula and then generates the formula in text so that it can be included in a document. If you write math textbooks or you prepare scientific papers, you'll use this. Otherwise, probably not. Draw is the other unexpected prize in the box. It's essentially a combination of a basic drawing program, and in that regard it reminds me of early versions of Corel Draw, and a flowchart creator like Visio. LibreOffice can read and write Microsoft Office files, but it doesn't support every feature of the Microsoft applications. Moving files one way or the other usually works, but if you're working on a collaborative project where files need to be shared among authors back and forth several times, 
it's better if everybody uses the Microsoft applications or everybody uses LibreOffice. In that case, pick one and stick with it. You've undoubtedly heard me talk about malware bytes in the past, and this won't be the last time you hear about it. Several separate apps have been rolled into one with the release of version 3. There is still a free version, but it's quite limited. The paid version is relatively inexpensive, about $40, for the protection it provides. Currently, however, there are several semi-vexing bugs. Nothing really serious, just some annoyances. Version 3 is really new, after all. At the absolute least, the free version is essential. The paid version, if it fits in your budget, is a good choice. Later this month, I'll have an in-depth review of the password manager LastPass. In the meantime, obtain at least the free version. The paid version, all of $12 a year, adds some features that I consider to be essential. Simply put, you must use strong passwords if you want to avoid being victimized and it's important not to reuse passwords. Now, clearly, it's impossible to remember hundreds of unique, complex passwords. So, you need a password manager. LastPass has been my choice for a long time. If your new computer is a Windows machine, it probably runs Windows 10. That means it came with Microsoft's new Edge browser and an older Internet Explorer. Although I recommend avoiding Internet Explorer, Edge is a promising improvement. Still, there are lots of other browsers that you might want to consider. Each has advantages, each has annoyances, so it doesn't hurt to download them all and determine which you prefer. And you might prefer a specific browser for certain specific sites. Your choices include Chrome, Firefox, Maxthon, Vivaldi, and Opera. Those are the big five. You'll find links to those on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Also, you'll probably want CCleaner. CCleaner is short for Crap Cleaner. It helps when you want to free up disk space that's being consumed by useless files, delete unwanted cookies, clean the browser history, and even look for and correct registry errors. Now, take care to examine the settings before you use the program for the first time. If you don't, you might end up deleting some things you want to keep. Some banks and various other applications use cookies to confirm that you're coming to the site from a known location. If you delete those cookies, the site may require you to complete an authentication process when you log in the next time. There are free and paid versions available of CCleaner. And for serious geeks, or those who just really want to know what's going on under the hood, you won't find a better sleuth than Hardware Info. It's a free program that'll tell you just about everything about every physical device that's installed on the computer. Today's computers contain a vast number of sensors that report temperatures on the main board and on disk drives. All modern disk drives include smart sensors that attempt to warn when a drive is nearing failure. HW Info reports on all of these. SMART, by the way, is self-monitoring, analysis, and reporting technology. SMART tries to detect and report various indicators of drive reliability with the objective of letting users know when hardware failures are imminent. The program also provides essential information about the temperature of components in the computer. High temperatures are not good, and if you see indications that a computer is running hot, you can do something to mitigate the problem before the components start failing. 
So there's my list of essential applications, at least the ones I think are essential, on a new computer. Let's call this section, Microsoft Might Try Listening to Users. All right, that headline is somewhat unfair. Microsoft has led the way in analyzing how people use the company's software and making modifications. But the company also seems to ignore input from those who are most likely to be able to provide good input. Consider, for example, editors and Microsoft Word. Virtually everything in print has spent some time in Word. When it goes to the press, it might be in an Adobe InDesign file, but the writer may have used Word, and the editor almost certainly did. Scratch the surface of any editor, and you'll get an earful about Word's many annoyances, some of which have been there for decades. But has Microsoft ever asked editors for their opinions? Apparently not. That seems to be the case based on some information an editor friend of mine announced late in December. Catherine O'Moore-Klopf, an editor on Long Island, had written something on Twitter about including editors in the usability testing phase of the program. We use Word to make a living, she wrote. Then something unexpected happened. Someone from Microsoft asked, Are there any particular features you'd like to see in Word? So now she's compiling a wish list from editors and plans to have the list reviewed by MVPs. MVPs, by the way, are Microsoft's most valuable professionals. They share their expertise without being paid by Microsoft. The information is being compiled on Facebook, and I have a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website to where you can go add your input if you'd like. If you're an editor who'd like to provide some input, you will need to sign up for a Facebook account if you don't already have one. Microsoft also seems to be preparing to work on some long-time operating system annoyances. Recently, I wrote about the continued need for settings and the control panel nearly five years after the settings app was introduced in Windows 8. In just the past year, Microsoft has had many updates and patches that created problems. Problems that were worse than the ones that they solved. In some cases, updates created a situation in which computers repeatedly rebooted wouldn't boot at all, or booted with some hardware devices disabled. Maybe Microsoft will pay more attention to users this year. short circuits, how about a Windows 10 computer for $150? Yes, there is a Windows 10 computer, and it costs a little less than $150. Now, it's unclear how the company that makes these little machines does it at that price. The computers are underpowered. Certainly, they don't have the power needed to run resource-hungry applications, but if you need email, web browsing, and not much else, the next book series from eFun might be worth looking at. The Nextbook Flex 9 tablet features an 8.9-inch screen with 1280 by 800 resolution. The computer weighs in at less than a pound. Internal memory is limited to just 32 gigabytes. 
That can be expanded to 64 gigabytes via the micro SD slot. The CPU is an Intel Atom device with just one gigabyte of RAM, and that is the exact minimum that Windows 10 needs. The company offers two additional Windows models. The Nextbook Flex 10A tablet is a three-pound device with the same low-power Intel Atom processor and a 10.1-inch screen, 1280 by 800 resolution. It has 2 gigabytes of RAM. The 32 gigabytes of internal storage can be increased to 128 gigabytes with the microSD slot, and the price is $220. The top of the line is the $230 Nextbook Flex 11A. It has an 11.6-inch screen, higher resolution, it's up to 1366 by 768, and an Intel Atom processor with 2 gigabytes of RAM and 64 gigabytes of internal storage. You can double that using the micro SD card. Some of the company's Android devices are priced under $100. eFun characterizes itself as a designer and marketer of mobile lifestyle products. It entered the North American market late in 2010, and the U.S. branch is headquartered in West Covina, California. If you'd like to learn more about those little computers, check out the company's website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. By the way, the PC is not dead. When Apple CEO Tim Cook said in 2015 that the PC was dead, he probably knew the statement was more intended for shock value and marketing than to describe reality. Cook was using the term PC to mean any personal computer, desktop or laptop, made by anybody. In other words, it wasn't Mac versus Microsoft. At the time, Cook seemed to think that the iPad Pro would replace all computers. Certainly, he had to know that that was a silly statement. It's true that tablets and smartphones can do a lot that used to be reserved for computers, but a lot is not everything. I can't imagine preparing TechBiter Worldwide every week on a tablet, and I have a pretty nice tablet, but my Microsoft Surface almost always has the keyboard attached, and even then I don't use it for power-hungry applications if I can help it. Instead, most of my work is done on a notebook computer, and that notebook computer is powerful enough to have replaced a desktop system, although with an external cabinet full of hard drives. That, in fact, seems to be the case for most people. If you sit down at a desk to work, you probably want a full-sized keyboard, you want a full-sized mouse, and you want two, or maybe more, large monitors. The Gartner Research Company, which specializes in analyzing the computer market worldwide, says PC shipments will soon begin increasing again instead of decreasing as they have been for many years. About 266 million laptops, hybrids, and desktops will be sold this year, and around 272 million in 2018. That's minimal growth, but it is growth. Many companies put off buying new computers during the Windows 8 era until they could see how Windows 10 would work out. Gartner says there will be a robust upgrade cycle over the next few years. In the past, companies routinely replaced computers about every three years. Now the replacement cycle seems to have stretched out to about six years. It's not clear whether companies will return to more rapid upgrades now that concerns over the future of Windows have largely been resolved. 
Gartner says about 165 million tablets will be sold this year, about 166 million next year. Both numbers are down a bit from the 168 million last year. Smartphone sales will hit 1.9 billion this year and about 1.92 billion next year, up slightly from 1.88 billion in 2016. And you can be up for spare parts only on the website. This week, as you add more Wi-Fi-enabled devices to every corner of your home, you're going to need a Wi-Fi signal that reaches every corner of your home. And an Irish online training center will provide training for Adobe applications and student discounts for Adobe software. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.